재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. Well, we've been talking quite a bit about politics in the aftermath of the uh, very surprising general elections that took place and how the majority ruling party basically lost a lot of seats. Uh, it closed down the 19th National Assembly, uh, widely disparaged as one of the most, uh, if not the most, unproductive National Assembly in modern Korean history. So we have the opening now of the 20th National Assembly. Some people feel maybe if the opposition's in charge, maybe more work can be done. Maybe some of the uh, petty bickering can cease. But there are, as you can imagine, uh, some doubts and some skepticism as to whether a lot will change. One reason cited by... Uh, many critics as to why the uh, National Assembly is so unproductive is that uh, there are too many privileges associated with the office. In total, lawmakers in South Korea enjoy more than 200 privileges and benefits. There is certainly growing public indignation. A lot of people feel these guys are overpaid. They're getting too many perks that really don't have anything to do with actually the job of passing important legislation for the public benefit. So, to talk about all these privileges, uh, whether they should be uh, scrapped, uh, whether this would do anything to improve the productivity of the politicians and in turn improve the livelihoods of uh, all of us here living in Korea, give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 or send us a cacao talk message. We're going to be joined by a professor from Sweden and talk about that country's uh, way of handling lawmakers. But joining us here in the studio, our very good friend from Hanguk University of Foreign Studies, law professor Hwang jong Professor Hwang, welcome to the program. Good evening, Henry. So we think law professor, lawmaker, this issue goes hand in hand. <laughs> we can talk about how um, things are done as far as the law is concerned. But uh, a lot of people feel... Well, it's a very cushy job if you can attain a professorship and maybe get tenure. But I don't know if you would disagree, but it seems like they've got nothing on some of the privileges that these lawmakers, should you be fortunate enough to be elected to the National Assembly. Can you just briefly tell us about some of these privileges? Well, if you look at the compensations and perks, I mean, it's fairly cushy. But I mean, by no means, I mean, you don't expect to get rich. I mean, it's very comfortable. They get nice monetary compensation allowances and staff members. But I think uh, privileges that people are worried about is given the fact that these National Assemblymen have so much influence over the local government and the executive branch through their oversight powers as well as uh, budgetary process, I think we are uh, more worried about probably the potential corruption that's going on or maybe even a power grab process that's going on behind the scenes. So I, I think although the public might be interested in exactly how much money their National Assembly men are making, I think the bigger concern is exactly what's going on behind the scenes in terms of what, how they are leveraging their power and influence. Right. I mean, their salaries are high, but um, as we kind of point out, if you're a salary man, whether it's for Samsung Electronics or the National Assembly, mm-hmm. there's a cap on that. But the potential for riches are through some of those avenues that you're talking about, right? Exactly. The corruptive practices, kickbacks from people who are local constituents who may be trying to curry favor or lobbying for one issue or another. Uh, and then we turn to one privilege, Professor Huang, that a lot of people do feel, um, regardless of whatever in terms of compensation and all of that, one thing that does need to change is sort of the immunity, I suppose, right? right. Mm-hmm. The, the non-arrest privileges that uh, simple say, Look, that's just not fair. I mean, if they did something wrong under the law, then they should be prosecuted under the law. Um, 
this, I guess you call it sometimes in American politics, a, a Teflon effect, right? You can really <laughs> not do anything that is going to affect you detrimentally. Uh, can you just talk about the non-arrest privilege and maybe play a little dev- devil's advocate as to why it is in place and why people feel on principle that it is necessary, and then I suppose the counter-argument of why people just don't like that. So non-arrest privilege is one of the two legal privileges that are set, set out in the Korean Constitution. It basically means that unless you're caught red-handed, you know, robbing someone and, you know, police catches you, unless something like that happens, basically the Korean police cannot arrest a National Assemblyman. And in order to, for the arrest to go through, the assembly, National Assembly actually has to consent. And in the past, actually, the National Assembly has proven to be quite unified, uh, you know, opposition party and ruling party notwithstanding, and often, you know, refuse to turn over their one of its own for arrest. And if I, you know, as you said, if I have to play a devil's advocate, one thing to remember is that Korean constitution was written in 1987, which was right after the Korea was emerging from military dictatorship. So I think that always the people were a little bit more worried back then that, you know, the executive uh, branch will again be filled with military dictatorship of some tendency. So they really, so the frame, the, the original writers of the Korean constitution really felt that the executive and the legislative branches need to be kept separate and need to give some you know, additional powers and privileges to National Assemblymen. I, I mean, that's basically the origin of this privilege. Right, and so the way you lay it out, obviously it makes sense because if you remember the Yushin regime and, and some exactly. of these dictatorships, if you were an opposition lawmaker back in the day and you didn't have this kind of rule, you could be just marched off to jail for whatever uh, deemed violation. But here, I guess a lot of people saying in the modern era, and I guess a lot of people point out that as to the National Security Act as well, right? Absolutely. But this is a different mm-hmm. time. Uh, now, perhaps we need to revisit these things. So that's that privilege. Let's talk about the other uh, privilege is this uh, exemption from liability if you make derogatory remarks mm-hmm. at the National Assembly. It's called in Korean. Uh, immunity. To, yep. Right, immunity. Yep. Um, in France, lawmakers are reprimanded for defaming or, um, I suppose, uh, threatening verbally the president. Um, you could lose your seat if you make speeches that defame others. Why is this privilege granted to, to lawmakers? So, again, this is one of the two legal privileges that are actually spelled out in the Korean constitution. Again, it was you know, introduced in 1987 and you know, it was designed as additional protection of national assembly against the government. But I guess what people have realized in, a, in the past few years is that you know, National Assemblymen seem to be pushing the envelopes, you know, uh, engaging in really grandstanding, posturing, and, and uh, using really inappropriate words and expressions and so forth. On the other hand, I think, I guess I have a little more sympathy for this kind of immunity given the fact that Korean law on criminal defamation is actually tends to be fairly onerous. I mean, if you recall back in 2005, uh, then National Assemblyman Noachan actually lost his seat because he uncovered, he basically you know exposed some deep corruption in pro- uh, the prosecutor's office and all the uh, people in uh, in charge of uh, you know involved in the corruption was actually you know went scot free whereas he was actually charged with defamation and lost his seat in that National Assemblyman uh, as a National Assemblyman and everybody sort of looks at it as a kind of a really twisted result of the Korean defamation law so I think we do need to sort of think this kind of immunity in conjunction with the other uh, applicable Korean laws as well. Right. So in that case, even if this kind of law is in place to protect the lawmakers, it didn't even do its job against a politician like Noe Chan, who actually had to go to jail for for that. Uh, 
overall, then, if we look at the privileges that are in place, and as you say, some of the uh, uh, problematic risks of corruption that ensue, is there a causality, you think, between the privileges being granted to these lawmakers and the really poor reputation of politicians that are really uh, deemed untrustworthy by the vast majority of Koreans? I mean, given the kind of scandals that come out, you know, with you know, regularity in the Korean politics, I don't think it's too much, uh, too much, uh, uh, too, too much of a Koreans to be really sus- suspicious of their politicians. I think the Korean political system does really need more transparency. I mean, I think all, too many things actually do go do go on in the backroom deals and, you know, in the behind closed doors. So I think. You know, uh, what every Korean uh, voter complains is that, you know, every time the election comes around, you know, you can see the National Assemblyman going around and, you know, begging for votes. But in fact, when you actually need them, they're, they're really never never around. So I think when they actually do, you know, actual governing, I think that more transparency needs to be introduced in the process. Some people, including myself, often wonder why anyone would want this job. There's a lot of groveling involved, as you say. There's a lot of uh, dirty work that needs to be done to try to get a seat. You're pretty much uh, in an occupation that has the lowest reputation among people. But I guess you can point to some of these um, privileges that ensue as to a reason why a lot of people do like it. The power is, I suppose. So we can observe that kind of groveling. So you sort of have to say, okay, so that's kind of the cost of being a National Assemblyman. So what's exactly the upside for them and you can can sort of start guessing from there. Very interesting point. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back right after this.